and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. Have thoughts on what we should cover in a future episode? Let us know on Twitter at, at Cisco Champion. All right, today we are talking about SecureX, and in particular, we're going to focus on how its orchestration workflows can be built, customized, and activated to maximize your security operations team's efficiency and response times. And we have a great cast of champions to help us uncover what we want to know. So we're just going to get into it. Zoe, I'm going to start with you. Who are you? What do you do? Hello. Going first. Um, hi, my name is Zoe. Uh, who am I? I? You probably may know me on Twitter at uh, Rosec Ops. And what do I do? I do security stuff. I'm the annoying person that says, oh, that's out of policy. But hopefully I'm also the positive one that says, let's make it work for you. So, yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling you're very positive when, you de- when you're delivering these, this news. <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> Evan, my friend, tell us about yourself. Hey, Emily. Uh, my name is Evan Mincer. I'm located in the Philadelphia metro region over in, over in the U.S. Um, I've, I'm an information security manager for a healthcare provider. Uh, been in security for, I don't know, way too long. <laughs> it's been quite a few years. Oh, and I can be found on Twitter at Evan Mincer. All right. Matt, can you tell us more about who you are and what you do at Cisco? Sure. So uh, my name is Matt, and I'm a technical leader in uh, technical marketing for SecureX. So my focus is all facets of SecureX, um, but my specialty is actually orchestration. So I specialize in security automation and security orchestration and software development within security products. And I cannot be found on Twitter. Okay, good to know. I would have Emily, if I could actually ask a question right away. So I think SecureX has been out for now a couple of years. We actually did a, a Cisco Champions radio episode with Ben Greenbaum to talk about it when it first came out, uh, which was a great episode. And it was a great sounding product, but it's been a couple of years. So Matt, I got to ask, where, where have we gone? What else, is, what else has been added? What's new? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, SecureX was built on the foundation that we had with Cisco Threat Response. So for anyone that was familiar with Threat Response, SecureX was kind of an evolution of that platform. And what we did was we took this kind of modular framework that allowed you to integrate your different products, and we've been adding additional capabilities over the past couple of years. So the biggest one that came out at first with the launch of SecureX was the dashboard that allowed customers to have centralized visibility across their products. Um, And then since then, we've added a few things. So we've added orchestration. So that's a feature of the product that allows customers to create automated workflows or playbooks uh, to automate the things they don't want to do. So if they want to create a workflow that automates investigation, they can do that. If you want a workflow that automatically does remediation or a workflow that just does stuff that you're sick of doing, Uh, The orchestration feature allows you to do that, but it also allows you to do that leveraging the power of the platform, right? So the connectivity you have to those different products. Uh, That was the first feature that we added. Um, We also then added uh, earlier this year, a new feature called Device Insights. 
So Device Insights, again, takes that modular framework and expands it further so that modules can provide data about endpoints. So previously where we were focused on aggregating security focused data, right, like uh, observ observables and sightings and, and things like that going on in the environment, we're now able to give you a single pane of glass into your endpoints. So we aggregate data from security products, but also from mobile device managers. So if you want to get your data from uh, Mobile Iron or Microsoft Intune or Cisco Meraki, you can do that as well. So Device Insights evolves the product into endpoint data aggregation. And then now the newest thing that'll be uh, coming out around the time this podcast will be published is the new Cisco Secure Client. Um, the Secure Client is in itself not necessarily a feature of SecureX. It's actually the evolution of Cisco AnyConnect. Uh, however, the Cisco Secure Client can be cloud managed and that cloud management and configuration is done in SecureX. So there will be a new uh, Secure Client section in SecureX shortly. That's, that's a few things to talk about. Um, so <laughs> I got to ask about the, the, the client. Um, so evolution of any connect. So we have that new client. I know Cisco announced it, I think actually like a year ago, they announced it finally coming out. Um, so, so what do you get in SecureX? Obviously you said you can control it, but what are we going to see? Yeah. So for people that are uh, familiar with dealing with any connect, um, in the past, you'd have to kind of download all these profile editors and you'd have to develop all these XML files for your different products pick and choose the modules you wanted and kind of assemble that and push it all together into a, a executable you could deploy. Um, so it was a little more involved and it required downloading utilities and tools and things like that. Um, it also did not include Cisco Secure Endpoint. So if you were using AnyConnect for VPN and posture and things like that, and you were also using Cisco Secure Endpoint, you would have to deploy those separately. So what we've done in Cisco Secure Client is we've pulled all of that together. So it's one unified agent that does posture and VPN and umbrella roaming and Cisco Secure Endpoint, right, among other things. Um, but you can now create those deployments and create all those profiles in SecureX. So instead of having to download all these profile editors and play around with these XML files, there's just a good, simple user interface. You can go in, create your profiles, link them together into a deployment, pick the modules you want, and we'll generate that executable for you. Um, so the cloud management portion is really about the configuration and building of that executable. Uh, and then your, your organization would deploy that same as you did before, right? Whether it's SCCM or a mobile device manager or, or whatever it is you use. Oh, that's interesting because because I remember like Evan, I remember quite a while back when we were talking about originally and um, it was you know dealing with security. But it sounds like it's more than just you know there's a couple more kind of oh, what am I trying to say? It, it sounds like it's slightly different than I remember the tooling being kind of advertised as. It was it was it's more than just the dashboard and the integrations to get things done, but it's also to help you almost like one of those user-friendly wizards to walk you through how to deploy it nicely and then send it out. Um, so that's, is that, is there more to it than that? Or is there, is that like the two kind of core bits here? For Cisco Secure Client specifically? I would just for SecureX in general. Yeah. So, I mean, what we've done and, and our customers have probably noticed uh, whether they've liked it or not, there's been a lot of rebranding going on, right? Now everything is Cisco Secure something. Um, and SecureX was kind of a clever play on that, where X being the 
insert product here. So the, the goal of the SecureX platform is really to bring all your products more, more closely together. It's to bring alignment between them, but then bring value by allowing you to integrate them in ways that you couldn't before. So, you know, dashboards are great for visuals. Threat response is great for investigation and response. Orchestration lets you automate. And then the new insights features are kind of designed to, to simplify a lot of those maybe more mundane uh, routine management type tasks, right? Looking at your endpoint inventory, looking for unmanaged devices, but then obviously secure client simplifies the administration of dealing with AnyConnect, right? Like in the past, someone had to deal with AnyConnect. They had to create those profiles, build the executable, do all that work. Now you click some checkboxes and some dropdowns and things, and we do that for you in the cloud. And the cool thing is once you deploy that, and once you have Cisco Secure Client out in the world, um, it can get updated policy you know, from the cloud, right? It'll check in with SecureX and say, hey, is there a new policy for this deployment? Uh, or it'll uh, augment the data you see in Device Insights. So I mentioned earlier, Device Insights has a lot of different sources of data. Uh, Cisco Secure Client is one of those now, right? It's an agent running on the machine. So you also get additional context in Device Insights from that client. And when you have that enabled, you'll actually have a Cisco Secure Client tab in Device Insights that shows you specific information about the deployment. So that's a lot, right? And what does that mean and why does it matter? Um, the answer is, it, with AnyConnect, you kind of put it in SCCM and you threw it out into the world and you hoped that it would stick. Uh, with Cisco Secure Client, being that it has that cloud management component, we show you exactly which machines are running it, what version they're running, what policy they're using, and things like that. So you can see pretty clearly what this thing's footprint is in your environment and what versions are out there and, and so on. So it's a, it's a pretty neat way and it's a, it's a much more efficient way of getting that client out there, but then also managing it once it's out there. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, waiting on SCCM to deploy and, and hope that it does. <laughs> yeah. So the the next bit I was going to ask, and that kind of covers a bit of it, actually. But um, I suppose looking at an organization that maybe has some existing tooling in place, um, be it security tooling, be it how they're managing things or their own sort of single pane of glass, what would you say to them if they were looking at would SecureX bring more to the table for them? What are the kind of features that they should really look out for or be aware of? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good question, right? Because there's no shortage of security tools and most organizations have more than they probably even realize. And they're probably paying for more of what they than what they realize. Um, SecureX is, is unique because it leverages, I mean, it's unique in that it, the way it brings the products together, but there's value adds in SecureX that go beyond that, right? It's not just about, well, we can connect all your products together. It's also about leveraging the intelligence and the security research that Cisco's doing. So for example, when you're doing an investigation in SecureX or in threat response, we're going to give you Talos threat intelligence, like out of the box when you investigate. Um, we're going to give you AMP global intelligence from Cisco Secure Endpoint out of the box when you investigate. So even for customers that aren't necessarily using our endpoint solution or might not be using a ton of Cisco products or may have a very mixed environment, the goal of the platform is to bring everything together, right? Cisco and third party. We actually have more third-party integrations than Cisco, believe it or not. So we've put a lot of work into bringing all that stuff together and really letting customers get more value out of 
everything. It not just Cisco, right? We want the customer to get the most value out of their security portfolio. And we obviously hope and want Cisco Secure to be a big part of that, but we understand that it's very rare for places to be a single vendor shop. So SecureX is meant to be very flexible. Um, and it's also meant to give customers a lot of really good insight and data, right? From Talos and from other parts of Cisco that are actively doing security research and things like that. So you, you talked about the other products. I remember back talking about SecureX initially, and we were saying, you know, if you want to bring, say, Umbrella in, Cisco Umbrella, it, it is, you know, it, the steps are right there. You can follow it. it. It's a pretty, like, I think it was like three or four steps, and you're getting data, and it's great. It's real easy. Um, but you're talking about other non-Cisco products. How hard is it to get that data in? Yeah, so it's usually pretty simple. Um, most of the way SecureX works is, is just based on APIs. Uh, so if you want to integrate with insert third-party product here, you generally all you need is either username and password or an API credential. Um, so when you click on integrate in the catalog in SecureX, we'll give you the exact steps that you need to take. So it'll tell you, log in here, click this, click that, generate an API token, and then basically copy paste that token into SecureX and that will enable the connection. Um, there's a couple different ways of integrating products right now for third party. It's all based on that kind of, um, you know, give us a credential or give us a way to talk to the product. For Cisco products, uh, what we're rolling out slowly module by module is what we call our new one-click framework. And so essentially you'll click on a product and say you want to integrate it and we'll send you to the product and you'll authorize SecureX and the product will send you back with a token and that's it. It's literally just one click. So it's kind of like a, a single sign-on type thing, right? Um, so that's what we're working on to ease the friction of doing these integrations. Um, and whether or not that'll expand to third party, hopefully it will. Um, but as of right now, it's a lot of it is still just based on uh, API credentials. So you're recognizing that, you know, everyone has other, other, you know, Cisco's not everywhere. You have to have other products out there. Um, but it's great that you can be able to go in and, and have that, you know, when I think of API keys, sometimes I think of like, oh, I have to generate an API key, then I have to fi figure out how to get it to work. But you're saying it's it's going to be easy. You're doing the legwork for the customer. Yep, exactly. Give us the, you know, the, the integration modules know how to talk to the product, right? So if you say you want to integrate a third-party product, we have a module that knows how to talk to it. It knows what questions to ask and how to interpret the data that comes back. The missing piece that we need from the customer is the authorization. So as long as the customer can give us that authorization, whether it's uh, credentials or an API key, depends on the product, um, we can then make that communication happen. So you don't have to worry about what API requests to make or what data to ask for or go into Postman and start playing with things. Um, we do all that for you. We just need you to tell us, here's the authorization to do so. That, that would be for anything that has an existing integration, right? If there's... So if you have another product that doesn't have an existing integration, that would be more challenging because you'd have to write it, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great question because we we have pushed SecureX as being open, right? We say that it's open. We say that it's inclusive. And, and that is true. Uh, however, there is obviously a finite number of things in the catalog. So when a customer looks at that catalog and says, well, insert product here is not there, Right. Um, the biggest topic right now would be uh, competitive EDR, right? So talking about, well, you have Cisco Secure Endpoint, but you don't have insert your competitors, right? Um, you can do a couple of different things. You can build those integrations yourself, 
if you want to and you have the people with the knowledge to do so. We, we will tell you how to build it. We have samples in GitHub that show you exactly what it needs to look like and what the, the schema or what that data format needs to be. And we'll even show you uh, how to host it yourself in Amazon AWS. Um, so it is very open. It's, it's relatively well documented. And if you have a, a good developer, you can do a lot with it. Um, so it's up to the customer. The alternative is you go to Cisco and say, hey, build this, right? Like, hey, we really want to integrate with X. Can you build it? Um, that might seem far-fetched, right? Because you think, well, Cisco's not necessarily going to build it when one person asks for it, but you would be surprised. Um, we have a, a dedicated team uh, in our Cisco Secure Technical Alliance that uh, works on these types of third-party things, right? So figuring out which third parties we should be integrating with, working with customers to understand what they need, and then obviously augmenting our catalog of integrations as needed. Okay, so... Um... The other thing that I was going to mention is, obviously, we're talking about getting data into uh, SecureX, but what about getting data out of SecureX? Like, if I've got an existing tooling, maybe I have my own way of dealing with incident response already, um, and I want to kind of integrate all of the, uh, collect all the data that it's already collected and put it into my own system. What's the options there? Yeah, so uh, there's a bunch of different options. There's a, a few different ways you can do it. Uh, the first would be obviously APIs. So the same APIs that our uh, user interface uses to communicate with the integrated products and perform investigations and response, those APIs can be used by the customer. Uh, so if you want to perform an automated investigation using the integrations configured in SecureX, you can do that. Um, so definitely leverage the APIs. Those will allow you to do pretty much everything the platform does. Uh, the other option is, of course, orchestration. So in SecureX orchestration, you can build these, like, uh, we call them node to low code uh, drag-and-drop workflows, and the customer can build these workflows to do whatever it is they want. So if you want a workflow that's going to do an automated investigation, you can do that. And let's say you want the results to go to ServiceNow you can do that as well, right? You can make the API request to ServiceNow to create an incident ticket or, or whatever it is. So the platform is very, it's very open, it's very flexible, and we don't hoard data. That's one of the, the key things about the SecureX platform is that we, we uh, share that data and we make that data available through APIs for the customer to use. So yeah, you, you talked about the incident management because um, you said, so my understanding is that it, it takes all this data in there and you can see um, how it kind of formulates data, but if you already have an incident management pro an ITSM solution like you know ServiceNow, that's where I want to see the information. So it, it is easy to set that up. So that way, you know, I'm generating tickets when a, when a problem occurs. Yeah, so easy is a relative term. Um, can you go into threat response and say, I want my incidents in SecureX, or I'm sorry, in ServiceNow instead of in SecureX? No, right? We don't, we won't natively do that for you. But if that's what you want, you can do it with orchestration. Uh, you can create a workflow that goes to SecureX, gets a list of incidents, and then creates matching incidents in ServiceNow that link back into SecureX, if that's the flow you want. So we, we are respectful of the fact that a lot of customers have an ITSM, they have an established SOC, they have analysts working through queues or working through tickets in a certain way. And we realize that they don't necessarily want to just keep adding more things for their people to check, right? It defeats the purpose of the mission of SecureX ultimately to do that. Um, so we have a lot of workflows and orchestration that will create incidents in uh, ServiceNow, for example. 
So if the customer prefers that their agents work there, they can create those incident tickets in ServiceNow, do that documentation in that tool, use their existing um, priorities and queues and things like that. But then we can give the, um, the agent a link that says, click here to investigate. And when they click that, we'll send them back into SecureX and actually perform that investigation and give them that single view into what happened. So SecureX isn't just opening a ticket and saying, come to me. It, it's giving, it's kind of um, encapsulating all the details, bringing it together. So that way it becomes this, uh, you know, because a lot of times when an incident occurs, whoever's picking up the ticket has to go and, and do research on it. Find out, you know, IP addresses, host names, things like that. Exactly. So when you perform an investigation in um, SecureX Threat Response, effectively what we do is we take the information you've given us, whether that's IP addresses or MAC addresses or domains or whatever it is you've given us as intelligence, we go to every single integrated product and ask, what do you know? Right. So we'll go to each Cisco product and say, what do you know about this? We'll go to the third party products and say, what do you know about this? We aggregate all that data and we generate a single view. So you can see both visually and in great detail what the results of that investigation were. Um, and some of the newer features in threat response make this even, even easier. So two of the things that came out recently were uh, automated incident promotion, uh, which allows integrated products to uh, create an incident in SecureX. So Cisco Secure Endpoint, for example, when certain things happen or certain severity events occur, will actually create an incident on your behalf in SecureX with all the necessary information for you to investigate. And then the next feature that came out is uh, automated incident enrichment. And what that means is when that incident gets created, we automatically investigate for you. We take a snapshot of the investigation to preserve it and we attach it to that incident. And the reason that's important is because to your point, you know, it might take an analyst three hours to look at something. But in those three hours, the environment may have changed. So by doing that automated enrichment, when the incident occurs, we can save that snapshot of what everything looked like at that time so that you always have that record. And then, of course, you can reinvestigate or refresh the uh, investigation later. So we've, we've put a lot of work into augmenting the incident manager and what it can do. Um, but again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? There's nothing wrong with saying, I want you to generate a, a ticket in service now and that's where my agents work, but we'll still give them a link to view that investigation when they're ready. So you talk about, the, sorry, I was going to ask about the orchestration because you said that's how you're getting in at ServiceNow. What else can we do with the orchestration and how hard is it? So what you can do with orchestration is, is pretty open-ended. Um, you can pretty much do whatever you want. The, the thing about orchestration... Yes, the sky's the limit. And, and it truly is, right? So, so SecureX orchestration um, used to be a, a slightly different product that was sold as a generic orchestration engine. And, what that, and the reason that distinction is important is because it is not strictly limited to security use cases. Um, it's a very general purpose orchestration engine that can do more or less whatever you want. Um, it does have some limitations, but those are mostly because of the fact that it lives in the cloud. So if you wanted to SSH to a switch, you're probably not going to be doing that from AWS, right? You're going to hit a firewall. Uh, but if you have some sort of an on-prem technology that has an HTTP-based API, we have a remote connector you can deploy on-prem to bridge that gap. 
So we do have the ability to bridge the firewall for those kind of REST or HTTP or HTTPS based uh, APIs. Um, and as far as what you can do with it, again, it's it's up to you. Uh, we don't limit what you can do. Uh, SecureX orchestration is not limited to the integration list in SecureX. Another important distinction. So when you go in SecureX, you click on integrations, you're going to see a catalog of stuff. Uh, orchestration is not bound to that catalog. You can create targets and create integrations and orchestration separately from SecureX that allow you to uh, interact with products that you may not be able to integrate into the platform directly. So it is very flexible. Um, second question, and it's an important one, was how easy is it to use? That is a matter of opinion. Uh, it is a no to low code product. And what that means is you do not need to be a software developer to use it, and you do not need to write any code to use it. However, because you're solving problems that are similar to what one might solve with, let's say, a Python script, you do at least have to kind of understand how to instruct a computer to solve a problem, right? You have to be able to take what it is you want to do, break it down into meaningful components, and then replicate that in the workflow editor. Even if it is drag and drop, you still kind of have to understand the, the order of operations of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so I always tell people, SecureX orchestration is free, right? It's a part of SecureX. So if you have SecureX, which is uh, something you get at no additional cost with your existing Cisco Secure licensing, you're getting all of this platform, including orchestration, no additional cost. So while you don't have to necessarily write a check to Cisco to have this stuff, you do have to be willing to invest a little time in learning how the orchestration platform works and getting your hands dirty with it to be successful. Yeah, and that kind of brings um, another two bits. I do know that, um, or question, two questions I have. I know that they there is some existing um, Talus workflows that you can import into it. I remember that from a while ago. I imagine there's probably more than there was before. But the other bit was um, the upskilling, like in, in whatever team I have, when we have a new product or a new solution, a new workflows, there's always, you know, that, that phase where you have to learn how to use the tool that you've got. Um, is there what sort of resources do you have? Um, does Cisco offer like online videos or hands-on training? What sort of things could I add for my team to get to know this product? Yeah, um, yeah. So we have a bunch of different resources. Um, that's kind of largely what what my role has been for the past couple years is doing kind of like customer enablement and success with orchestration. Um, it's one of those things where I like to say like we get it. Right? You can't just pick this thing up and run. Um, you do have to learn it. So to that end, we have really extensive documentation that you can use. Um, I hate telling people, like, go read the documentation, right? But I wrote it, and I can tell you that it is contextual and it's relevant, right? It, it, it will teach you how to use the product. It will not bore you in the intricacies of every detail of this friggin' product and what it does. It'll tell you the things you need to know to be successful. And you can either read about it or you can watch a series of videos and learn individual concepts by watching videos that kind of show you and walk you through these things. Um, so we've we've tried really, really hard to make it accessible. Um, Cisco Live just happened a few weeks ago. And one of the things that always comes out of Cisco Live is a lot of content. And after Cisco Live, that content gets published in our on-demand library. So there are on-demand library sessions from Cisco Live that you can watch if you want to learn more not just about orchestration, but all of SecureX. 
Um, and then, of course, we do webinars and we do things for customers, things for partners, right? We do a lot of different outreach. So we've put a lot of effort into documenting the product and giving people like actionable and useful stuff. Um, and you also mentioned our uh, Talos workflows. So we are up to 65 workflows um, that we have written and quality controlled and published for customers to use. And every single one of those workflows is fully documented. So when you go to the documentation, you can click on workflows, uh, you can click on index and you'll see a list of every workflow we have, what products it integrates with. And then you can click on a workflow and see everything about its requirements, right? Like what products you need, how they need to be configured and so on. So it's, um, there's quite a bit of content to get people started. Uh, and those 65 workflows cover a broad range of use cases, right? They cover third-party products, Cisco products, combinations thereof. Um, and they're meant to be an inspiration. So some customers may import them and use them as is. Uh, other customers may import it and chop it in half and then chop it in half again and then add another half to it and take another workflow and smash it in there and build something completely different. And that's what we want the customer to do, right? We want you to take our content and use it in a way that's meaningful for your organization. So our goal is to provide as much of those building blocks as possible for the customer to succeed. Yeah, and it sounds like we, we've talked a couple of a couple different use cases here. Um, the investigation side, the well, incident response investigation, but also investigating your infrastructure because you, you said things like um, asset um, asset discovery and all that. But also, it, it sounds like there's possibly a few more as well. So, what what I suppose as the product develops, what are the use cases we have now, and what are the ones that maybe are coming or being considered? Sure. Uh, so, <laughs> we get a lot of questions about like, are you going to integrate? X product or Y product? And usually the response is, if it's a Cisco secure product, the answer is yes, right? The, the plan is to integrate everything, right? That, that's the goal. Um, as far as use cases go, we really let the customers drive that. Um, a lot of the workflows that you'll see published, and again, this is a little specific to orchestration, right? But the workflows that we've published, a lot of those were driven by customer use cases. Um, so we really try to, to get a lot of feedback from our customers on what, what are they doing, right? What are you doing in terms of investigation? What is it you want in terms of response? What types of threats uh, are you seeing, right? So our phishing investigation workflow was a, a direct response to a customer need. They said, we have a mailbox full of emails that need to be investigated, and we don't want to do it. So we built a workflow that does that. It scrapes the mailbox, it does the investigation, and sends them a report and says, this email's naughty and this one's nice. Um, so as far as future plans, the, the roadmap for orchestration and for workflows is actually pretty short because it's, it's meant to be very dynamic based on what's going on in the industry and based on what our customers need from us. Um, now at a higher level from SecureX's perspective, obviously the goal is continuing to enhance our integrations, right? And that means a mixture of two things. It means additional products, additional third-party products. Um, building out that catalog so that customers can integrate more, um, but then making each of those integrations uh, individually more capable, right? So really looking to truly leverage everything each individual product can do. And Device Insights was the first step in that direction, right? We recognized that Cisco Umbrella and Cisco Secure Endpoint and some of these other products, they're security products, but they know a lot about endpoints. Right? You're running Cisco Secure Endpoint, you have an agent on the machine, 
And that agent knows a lot about that machine. And if you're running Cisco Orbital as part of it, it knows even more. So why not leverage that data to build a database of endpoints, right? And then combine that with your mobile device managers, third party or otherwise, and give you one view into all of your stuff, right? So that's device insights. Now the next iteration of that hopefully is gonna be user insights. So now you'll have the device context, but then in the future, hopefully you'll also have the user context. So you can look at a user and what they're doing because everything right now is very focused on device. I was just going to say, do you have user um, behavior analytics? But it sounds like that's a in the future kind of direction. It, it is, yeah. So, you know, as with all things, right, no promises. But user <laughs> insights is uh, is definitely something we're thinking about, right? Because a lot of people are really fixed on uh, user attribution, right? It's one thing to say that a device or a, an endpoint is being naughty, but it's another thing entirely to look at it and say, well, who's the person behind the keyboard doing this? Um, and that's that's kind of the next iteration of insights, right? We'll be combining the, okay, well, this incident happened and it was this asset. Well, who was logged into that asset at the time, right? And how do we get that information and how do we give you that user-facing perspective um, in addition to device? So I think that's kind of a natural um, evolution the platform is going to go through, not something that we've built just yet. Um, but I, I do think that that's kind of the direction that we're going to be heading. As long as it's GDPR compliant. Yes. Well, that's the thing. So when you get into users, it gets a lot more complicated in terms of the data you can store and what region you can store it in and how you have to store it and how long you can retain it and if people can opt out. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, user data is very complex, especially in uh, foreign markets. So it's definitely a consideration that that'll be taken into account. Yeah. Well, I work in Europe, so <laughs> Even from different countries within Europe, there's many, many different... Oh, you guys would be used to that because in America, I think you've got different states have different rules as well. California has theirs. Yeah, uh, a lot of times a lot of times you kind of pick the, the most restrictive and work from there, right? So in the states, that would be California. They're usually the most restrictive. And, and I believe in, in uh, Europe, we host SecureX, I think, in Germany because I Probably. think Germany is a bit more restrictive. So, so yeah, we have um, pretty extensive like privacy and information about SecureX and what it does in our privacy data sheets, right? We have our Cisco Trust Portal. So if a customer wants to learn more about how we handle data and where we store it and things like that, we, we're transparent about all that, right, um, justifiably. Um, user insights would be an extension of that. If that feature comes to fruition, obviously all those types of concerns would be taken into account. So if a customer is in the U.S., We'll store their data here. If they're in the EU tenant, you know, we would store their data probably in Germany or wherever that instance lives and so on. So, But not out yet. Not out yet. Not out yet. But, but you know, the data protection and privacy is a big deal for us, and especially in a security platform, right? Uh, we can't aggregate all your data and put it somewhere only to make it insecure. That'd be a bit ironic. That would be a good uh, headline. Not good for it you. Would not be a funny, good headline. Funny, funny headline. <laughs> um, so yeah. I suppose my last question really is around kind of the phase of the product. Because I remember when it first came out, obviously it was very new um, and you were getting a lot of feedback and you're sort of, I suppose, still in the quite a bit of feedback phase, but more it's more mature. So is it is it kind of, I think my question is more like before it was, kind of figuring out where exactly it would sit. And now I suppose it's more, you know where it's sitting. And so you're kind of getting feedback of use cases that you can add into it. Is that accurate? Uh, I think it's both. 
I, I think that there's a lot of customers that have a pretty like mature implementation of SecureX, and that's generally because they had a really mature implementation of threat response before it. Um, so I think in some places it's it's really well seeded and, and mature. I think there's other customers that still haven't adopted it because they don't quite understand what what value it's going to bring them, right? And that's the problem that we're trying to solve. Um, our goal is that everyone should get value from this platform, whether they have one Cisco product or 20. And that's what we're trying to figure out. How do I give the customer with one product as much value as someone that has many, many more products? So I think that this is the kind of platform, being that it's security, being that the products are ever-changing, the landscape's ever-changing, I suspect SecureX is going to be ever-changing. It's always going to be adapting and growing depending on what the industry and our customers need from it. So, so Matt, just to, I guess to wrap up, um, you, you kind of talked about SecureX has all these features and you're adding more features to it. From a license standpoint, I think you said as long as you buy a Cisco secure product, you get it. There's no extra license for it. That's, yeah, that's correct. So it's uh, it's one of those statements that probably has an asterisk after it because there are a couple Cisco secure products that don't directly entitle uh, you to SecureX. But yes, if you have a qualifying Cisco secure product, SecureX is no additional cost. So that there is literally a $0 SKU for SecureX. Like you cannot pay for it. Um, so if you have Cisco Secure Endpoint or Umbrella or, you know, insert other products here that qualify you for that entitlement, you get SecureX no cost. And that includes everything we've talked about, right? That includes uh, orchestration, device insights, the cloud management of Cisco Secure Client. You would still need licensing for Secure Client's actual modules, of course, right, depending on those products. But the SecureX components themselves would be uh, no additional cost. Excellent. Free gift with purchase. I like that. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, fantastic conversation. Um, to our listeners, if you want to learn more about what we talked about today, check out the show notes below for the links. And of course, I have to give you a weekly reminder that you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. See you again next week.